Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Good morning, Jeanette Linfoot here. Now, over the course of the last, gosh, few months, actually, well, probably a last year or so, a lot of people ask me, how do you go about setting up your property business? Because I think when we're in the world of property, very often we're focused on, you know, the number of deals we're doing, what's the size of your portfolio, um, you know, how much rental income do you have coming in, what's your your passive income, all these kind kind of things. And, you know, you can be in a network meeting with a bunch of property people and it's it's normally those kind of parts that people talk about but the things that people don't discuss quite so much is almost what I would call the foundational aspects of you know setting up a property business and where do you start so I've pulled together gosh 20 plus steps if you like or things to consider if you're in the position where you are about to set up your property business or get into it or equally you might be a certain way down the journey and you'll have done some of this but maybe not all so this is for you if you are either starting out in property or you're already into property maybe in a sort of a smallish way but you want to scale and and really set yourself up for growth uh, in the right way so I'm literally just going to take you through through all of the steps. Um, Now, these are steps that we have personally done for our own business as well, our own property business. So, you know, I'm talking from a position of having been there and done this, if you like. Uh, But also, this is what I will take my clients through in, you know, if they are also in a position of wanting to get going in property. And as I say, very often, these are the things that aren't necessarily discussed that much in property forums, because quite frankly, some of it is, is a little bit on the dull side, but it's foundational and it is so important that you set yourself up in the right way from day one because that's going to allow you to grow and absolutely fulfill your potential with your property business. So the first thing, it starts really with, with the vision bit. Um, and this is, you know, vision for, I guess, at a macro level for yourself and your life overall, but also vision for your property business. And, and what do you want that to be? Um, you know, and it's worth putting some thought into this because if you, for example, just really want to have a, create a little nest egg for yourself for retirement, that's very, very different to actually saying, well, no, I want to create a multi-million pound portfolio over the course of the next five years. So I hope you can see the difference and the reason why it's important because the extent of the actions that I'm going to take you through now will, you know, be influenced by what that vision piece is. So that's the first point. And for many of you in property, you may have other things going on in your life. You may be in a job uh, and that could be a job that you love and you want to carry on doing, or it might be a job that you actually want to really move away from. You know, are you looking for property to replace your income? Because that's an important part of your vision. Um, Equally, you know, you might have multiple businesses. You know, there are many of my mentee clients that have multiple businesses and property is just one of them. So how does it all sort of fit together? together. 
Um, so it's the vision for yourself on a personal basis and what's what you want to achieve from your life. But it's also for your kind of professional um, vision as well. And then within that, what's the vision for property specifically? So that's the first stage. The second stage, I mean, you might want to grab a pen and paper, actually. I should have said that because there's quite a lot I'm going to take you through. But um, the second stage is the strategy. So, you know, what are you going to get into when it comes to property? Are you focused more on the buy-to-let side of things? You know, buy, refurbish, refinance, the, the, the things that are commonly used in that space. Are you looking to get into HMOs? Do you want to do commercial conversions, serviced accommodation? You know, there are so many different things you can do in property. Or are you in the in this field of sort of deal sourcing um, or, you know, rent, rent to um, SA, rent to HMOs? you know all of those different questions so be clear about what your strategy is um, because that will influence how you set your business up and that will become apparent as I go through uh, the third point really is is where you know so we talk a lot about gold mine areas don't we you know you need to decide where are you going to be investing in property is it in the your hometown where you live uh, and if you can do that then that's fantastic you know because of course it's there's some benefits of being local um or or, or is it going to be uh, in a different part of the country or even overseas i mean we all i i focus on the uk and that's certainly i think that's the the priority for, for us is to stay in the uk but you might have um an interest overseas so where are you going to invest um and as i say because that actually influences quite significantly the way you set up your business and the way that you take your business forward in our example we were living in london for many years you know 25 years in london um i'm from manchester originally but we wanted to follow the buy to let buy refurbish refinance because we're, we're building a significant portfolio um you know to create long-term wealth for for ourselves and our family so you know we decided we wanted to do buy to let and in london where we were living uh, the entry point is very expensive therefore the yields are as a proportion are lower now for our criteria that didn't fit what we wanted to achieve so we decided to invest in manchester my original hometown and actually in the last few months uh, we've relocated up to Manchester we made the decision to do that uh, we were managing it remotely which is perfectly possible and we did that very successfully for a period of time but we've decided to relocate to where we're investing so that just gives you a bit of an idea but as I say there's no right or wrong with this but be clear what's what you're actually doing um, then let's get into some practicalities around, you know, what next. So you're clear on your vision, you're clear on your strategy, you know where you're going to invest. And now let's get into some of the more nuts and bolts of what you need to do next. So you need to decide what's the vehicle for your property. Now, what I mean by that is, are you going to own properties in your own name? Or do you need to set up a limited company? Now, you know, there are certain strategies where you can own properties in your own name. And you, I mean, we own properties in our own name from historically, but the tax situation may well mean that depending what strategy you have decided on, that you might benefit from setting that up under a limited company. Um, so that's what we've done. Uh, it's what pretty much all of my mentee clients uh, do. Uh, but as I say, it will depend on what you're doing, you know, because uh, the tax situation is different and your personal situation will be different. So it's worth getting a bit of advice on that, I would say. So then 
then, you know, there's, there's more nuts and bolts. So you can set up your uh, a limited company really easily at company's house. You know, you need to decide what's the name of the company. Um, go into company's house and see if that name is taken or if it's available. If it's available, you can then just register as a new company. Uh, you can either do it yourself um, on, on, on the website or you could, you know, get your accountant or someone like that to do it for you or for a small fee. So, you know, that's that. And then you also, as part of that, you need to decide on the shareholding for your business if you're doing it in a limited company. You know, so are you in business with someone else? Is it an equal partnership, i.e. 50-50? Who are the directors of the business? And, you know, are you going to have the same class of shares? Um, you know, in terms of A class or B class shares. Um, so again, it's worth seeking some advice on this. Um, but, you know, if you have a certain personal situation where maybe you've got income coming in from other areas or other businesses and maybe your partner hasn't got that, there may be a benefit of having different class of shares between your tax benefit that allows you to have different dividend policies. If you just have one class of shares, say, let's say A, a class shares, that means the dividend policy has to be the same. So, you know, I don't want to kind of blow your mind with all of this. It's not that complicated. But if you're unsure, seek some advice. But setting up a limited company, uh, you know, in the case of our company, just to give you an idea, Chris and I are both directors in our business and we have a 50-50 shareholding and we both have A-class shares, um, you know, but you might have a different approach. So find out what's going to be right for you. And this is where it's also worth having that slightly longer term view um, because, you know, you can have... You might want to be leaving this over to your kids, for example. You know, you could have your kids as directors in the business and pay them a salary, which has a tax benefit for it. You know, there's all sorts of things, clever things you can do. So the legal setup, but don't be daunted by it is all I would say. It's not overly complicated, but if you're unsure, get some advice. Then you need a business bank account. Um, now, you know, that again, that sounds sounds straightforward, but you can sometimes it can take a bit of time um, actually to to get a business bank account set up. Um, so, you know, don't wait for that. I would get the application process going. Um, in our case, we've got our business bank. We've got a number of different businesses, but we mainly do our business banking with Santander. We found them very good. But, you know, that's our personal experience. I'm not recommending them uh, because I'm not in a position to do that. But I'm just letting you know, um, have a look on go online, see who's got business banking uh, that might suit your needs um, and just check it out. But get your business bank account set up. Um, then, you know, and, and these these steps might, might be slightly different order for you, depending where you want to focus. Um, you know, you then need an email address uh, because generally speaking, you don't really want your uh, property related emails go into like your Hotmail or, or your Gmail account. I mean, you can, you know, to get going, but I would say it, it certainly gives one, it gives a more professional, um, you know, impression if you have a business email address. And two, it also allows you to have more separation between sort of your personal stuff and your business stuff. Um, so, you know, in my case, I've got multiple businesses, as I said. So I have two different business email addresses for the different types of activity, one for my property business, one for my mentoring and advisory business. And I have my Hotmail account, which is my personal stuff. So that's how I sort of, you know, set, set things up. So you need your email addresses. 
business cards. Now, things are, it's a little bit strange right now. I appreciate that. We're not sort of going to events and networking and things like that where you'd physically give a business card. Um, but the world will open up again. So, you know, get some business cards printed. Now, at this point, you might want to sort of do a very thorough job and, you know, decide a, a fancy logo for your for your company. Um, or you don't have to go that far. You can just go onto Vistaprint. You know, they've got standard sort of templates and you can literally just put you know your name the company your, your position email address and your mobile number you know and that could be perfectly sufficient so again you don't have to you know spend a fortune or worry about this too much but but have those available and ready for you know because and also always carry them with you i appreciate right now we're all kind of restricted but hopefully this um this video will be will serve you going forward as well so have your business cards with you you never know who you might bump into you know, and that could be someone sitting on the train. It doesn't have to be a property networking event, but tell everyone what you do and have a card available because one, it makes you look professional. Two, you're a serious player. And three, you're in the moment with that with that conversation. Don't miss the opportunity. So, you know, don't get ready, be ready. And that's what a lot of this is about that I'm sharing with you now. Um, then, you, you know, there are things around your social media profiles. Now, this is a bit of a funny one, because if you're in a job and you are sort of setting up your property business on the side, a bit of a side hustle, maybe that you're trying, you might want to transition into full time over a period or you might just want to keep it on the side, actually. You, you may feel a little bit restricted on what you put on your social media profiles. And I totally get that. So, you know, you, you have to judge that because if it's a conflict with maybe a day job that could cause you problems at work, well, then, you know, possibly you don't want to say that you're you're doing property. If you're not in that situation and maybe you have different businesses and you've got more freedom, um, I would absolutely recommend putting on your social media profiles that you are a property investor. And um, even if you're starting out, you know, you might think, well, I'm not an investor. I'm just starting. I'm just learning. You absolutely are. You know, you have to really believe that you're a property investor. And this is about, about mindset. You know, a lot of business is about the psychology of business. And actually, you know, you are what you tell yourself you are. So you are a property investor. Get it on your profile so that everyone knows that you're into property with the caveat that if you are in a job, you may be a bit restricted. So you have to judge that. I can't I can't tell you exactly what to do there. Right. The next area um, website. Um, now, you might think, oh, and this is this is a sort of an optional one, really, I would say, you know, you can set up a website and that could just be a really simple, just a landing page, you know, with a bit of information around who you are, what you're doing in property, where you're investing, that kind of thing. Or it could be something a little bit more, you know, it could be something something bigger than that, where you're wanting to attract investors to you, um, etc. So you have to judge that. You don't have to have a website, you know, as I say, you've got your social media um, sort of profiles and what have you but it just gives that added gravitas I think um, to have a website at a point that it's appropriate and you you need to make that choice it might be further down the track that you feel it's relevant to do this and you might not want to spend any money on that right now um, but just something there to add to your list to think about what I would say is though on you know you can ha easily set up a Google business page so again this is just another way to show that you're 
a credible business and that how people can find you with your contact details on there. And that is like, you know, it, dead easy. It's, it's, it's a two minute job. Well, few, you know, a bit more than that, but it doesn't take very long at all. And again, you can just have basic information on there or you can put more information on there. So, so yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Okay. Let's talk about financing. Now, you know, there are lots of strategies in property where you can get going with very little money or very little of your own money, shall we say, you know, there's deal packaging that isn't so capital intensive, but depending on what you are doing, the chances are you are going to need some money. Okay, Um, and that might that will vary depending on coming back to the original point. What's your vision? Do you just want to have a couple of properties that are there as a nest egg for you for the future? Um, Or do you want to build a big business because your financing approach and requirements will be very different? So, you know, this is this is an area that is um, unique to you. It's linked to your strategy and also, you know, linked to your money mindset as well, I would say. So finance. Now, you know, there's multiple ways that you can you can finance your property ventures. You know, it could be with other people's money. You know, it could be friends, relations. It could be people that are in your existing network. Maybe you've done business with people in the past. And this is why it's very important to tell everyone what you're doing, because there is money everywhere. You never know. And, you know, it's not a case of going out and asking for money per se, you know, which sort of feels quite awkward to a lot of people. You're providing um, investment opportunities uh, when you present an uh, an opportunity to an investor to invest with you. Um, But as I say, you need some money. You do need some money. Uh, The degree of that will be different depending on what you're doing. So, you know, and, you know, there are lots of no money down strategies, which I know is covered very, very capably in this forum. So I'm not going to go into that. But once you decided how much capital you need, where it's coming from, You need to put some of that in your bank account, right, in your business bank account. So you would do that normally as a director's loan into that account. So that means you're liquid, you're ready to go. Anything you need to be starting, you know, spending on, the money is there. And it's quite important, I think, because when it comes to doing things like your tax returns and, and stuff like that, your accounts, you want to be able to track your transactions that are associated with the business. So make sure in the, you know, if you can, that the money is coming all out of your business account. So it's easy for your bookkeeper or your accountant to trace the log of transactions. Um, So as I say, it's not overly complicated, but, you know, make sure you've got your business bank account set up and you also have a credit card um, aligned with that. You can put it on other credit cards. You can use your personal accounts. But as I say, to keep it clean and tidy, uh, this is what I would recommend. Okay, so that's finance. Um, Let's talk about team. So, you know, we're all only one person. There are only 24 hours in the day. Uh, So it's important when you are getting going in property that you uh, create the right team around you. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you all of a sudden need to go out hiring hundreds of people or tens of, you know, 10, 20 people, but there are certain skills that you're gonna need in your property business, but you can find them in a, in a, in a flexible way, shall we say. So it might be someone that you actually appoint like um, a tax accountant, for example, and you, you, know, you have a contract with them in terms of what their fees are going to be, um, but that's part of your power team. Builders, absolutely, and tradespeople, absolutely critical, um, and that's one of the key areas, absolutely. You need a good broker, you know, because if you're going to be um, putting finance on these properties, buying with a mortgage, buy-to-let mortgage, if you're doing buy-to-let, for example, you need a great broker that's able to move fast. You need a solicitor who's going to do your conveyancing for you when you're in that transaction process. Um, you need, as I say, a tax, a tax accountant, probably a bookkeeper as well to do more of the administrative side of your accounts. Um, you need to build relationships with, you know, you might need a lettings agent that's going to actually rent out the properties if you're keeping them. If your strategy is to, you know, um, buy properties, do them up and then keep them in your portfolio and rent them out and have passive income from the rental then you could self-manage, um, but actually you might want a lettings agent to do that for you. So they're a key part of your power team. Um, equally, when it comes to estate agents, you know, they're not directly part of your team, but those relationships that you build are absolutely key. So, you know, the power team that you put around you is very important because, as I say, otherwise you're going to find that you are just like, like swimming against the tide doing a lot of this stuff. And you need special skills. You know, you cannot do the conveyancing um, for your, you know, for a legal transaction process. You need an expert to do that. So, you know, I think the mistake a lot of people make when setting out in properties, they think they don't need to focus on the people side of things too early. They think, oh, I'll sort that out later but the issue with that is as you're get, getting going doing viewings making offers you know if they're accepted you don't then want to be scrabbling around looking for a great solicitor to do the conveyancing or looking scrabbling around looking for a broker because speed is of the essence you want to be ready so don't get ready be ready um, it doesn't mean to say you start paying for these people but absolutely know who you're going to go with uh, so that's the power team um, then I would look at business plan. Um, and now that, again, that sounds a bit daunting, but this could just be as simple as saying, well, how many properties do I want to get this year if you're, if you're buying? Um, or how many deals do I want to source? And then roughly, what does that mean in terms of, you know, the, the investment required, the level of income that's going to be coming in, whether it's fees from your deal packaging or if it's rental income once the properties are rented out. So, you know, just have a, a very basic business plan uh, that has some numbers around it. Don't be daunted by it, but what gets, what gets measured gets done. You know, I've been in business for nearly 30 years and I can tell you that every single business I've ever led, whether that's been, you know, businesses in the hundreds of millions of pounds or, you know, smaller entrepreneurial businesses, uh, our own businesses, you have to know your numbers. You need to be on your numbers. Um, it's very, very important. So, but it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It can be a very simple spreadsheet, but you need that plan and then that allows you to track against it as well um so that so that that's that's that point importantly now you know you need to get yourself out there um, building relationships. Relationships are so, so, so critical. I cannot emphasize enough. 
the obvious ones to, to um, obviously there's the power team side of things, but I'm going to come back to where you're going to find your deals. Um, so estate agents, you know, get yourself out there with the estate agents. Now, I appreciate right now you're more restricted. The estate agents have still are still open um, and have been, might be by appointment or you might have to do it on the phone, but literally go through your area where you're going to invest, a list of all the estate agents that you're going to get around and build relationships and you just constantly have to work on that. Now, one of the things that I do, which is associated with this is, or I've done in the past rather, is I've kept a log of all, a list of all those estate agents on a simple spreadsheet, you know, where they are, address, phone number, email address, all that kind of stuff. And then when I go in and start chatting, I note down psychologically, I make a note in my in my head, who have I spoken to, what position, was there anything kind of personal about them, you know, that you picked up through just having that rapport building conversation? You know, does their kid go to the same school as yours? Um, did their did their mum live down the same road as your mum? Um, are they what football team are they into? Have they recently had, I don't know, an injury while they've been running or whatever, you know, but what are those personal little details? What's the name of their daughter? They might have dropped in the name of their daughter or their son or their wife. Um, so the reason I'm saying this is it's something that, that isn't, doesn't, you, you sometimes you forget. But I literally put that in a spreadsheet. So I'll know that now I know our agents very well. So it's a bit different because we've been, you know, building those relationships for a long time. But when you're starting out, you're going to forget this stuff. And, you know, you need to be regularly going back into those estate agents. And when you are, it allows you before you go back in. You have a little sneaky peek, um, you know, set up a Google Drive. That's one of the things I, I haven't mentioned, but set up a Google Drive where all your documents are. So you might have them on a hard drive or something at home, but upload them into Google. And then on your phone, you can just really quickly access all your files. You can have a quick look on that spreadsheet. All right. Oh, who did I see? Oh, I saw Lucy last time. Right. Hang on a minute. Yes. Her mum just had a, had a knee operation. Let me you just remind. And then you walk in, you go, oh, hi, Lucy. How's your mum? How's she getting over from the operation? totally different than if you walk in and, and you don't can't remember their name you don't know any personal details the rapport will be very different so it's it's a trick um that i've used for years in business in general uh but it's important people people feel valued then they feel like you've taken the time to listen they feel like an individual and that is going to help you massively with the relationship so it's a bit of a tip for you there so get out building those relationships with the estate agents um, I'm then going to talk about viewings. You've got to be doing your viewings. You know, you, you're not going to be able to get properties unless you're doing viewings. So take the action and, and start viewing. Um, you know, so be clear about what your criteria are. Explain that to the estate agent. As I say, you should be you should be contacting your estate agents at least once a week, maybe daily in some cases. You know, if you live in your area as well, it's easier to do that because you can like walk down the walk down estate agents row and pop in and say, oh hi, you know take them a coffee, have a chat, take them a donuts, you know, whatever, but build that rapport. Um, and, you know, if you are more remote from your area, pick up the phone, you know, jump on a Zoom, but but make sure you're engaging. What, how's the market? What's happening? Have you got anything on for me? Because what you want to do, you want deals coming to you before they go to market. Um, and the way that that will happen is by investing time in the relationship. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to keep going. And you might walk into an estate agent and have quite a frosty 
to reception, you know, so be prepared for that. But just, just you know, deep breath, shoulders back, keep going. Um, and, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And it will start to happen for you. Um, so, yeah, so come back, coming back to the viewings, you got a view. You know, if you're, on, if you're in property part time, um, you know, really, you should be doing at least five viewings a week. If you're full time in it, minimum 10 viewings a week. And, you know, we're really more at the end of the day, you know, of say, let's say you might do 20 viewings and get one deal. So you have to have a volume of viewings and you have to be making offers. You know, very often people are so, oh, you know, I'm not getting any, I'm not getting any deals. Well, how many viewings have you done? How many offers have you made? You know, so of course it's got to fit your criteria and match what you're looking for, but you've got to go out there and take the action and get those viewings in. So there's a bit of a volume game here, to be honest. Um, so that's a viewings. Uh, other thing, which is a bit more of a practical point, actually, um, when you get into the transaction process, so let's say you've been doing your viewings, you've been making offers, you've got one accepted. At that point, you know, you're instructing your solicitor that you about the property and you, you're speaking to your broker, etc. There's a lot of information that, that those guys need from you. And, you know, that includes things like um, ID, you know, passport, driving license, bank statements last three months. And very often that's not just for your business. Very often they'll want your personal bank statements as well. Um, proof of proof of residence, uh, you know, utility bill, council tax, gas bill with your name on it and the address where you are. Um, they may also want things like sometimes they might want to see um, like your your uh, registration of your limited company and company's house etc. So there's a lot of information that is required. So I always recommend get yourself, as I say, you've set up your Google Drive, have a, a maybe have a, a folder on your on your laptop or whatever you work with. Um, and you always have that information on there. And then you upload it into your Google Drive, in particular with bank statements. They will want to see proof of funds as well at the point. And sometimes actually now a lot of estate agents are asking for proof of funds even to do a viewing, uh, which is a little bit of a change from where, where it's been. But that, that isn't unusual. So you have to have this information to hand. It's no good saying I'll come back to you in two days time. Someone else has gone, has taken the deal by that point. You have to be able to respond immediately. Um, so, you know, we're very lucky these days because, you know, we, we run our businesses on our phones, don't we? So, you know, you can literally, I mean, I, we've been in a situation where I've been there, we've done a view and we've, we've made an offer on the spot and I've gone, right, there's the proof of funds. You can see it straight away. Um, and that means it jumps you up the queue. One, it makes you look professional. Two, you're actually taking the hassle away from the estate agent and from all of, you know, your, your broker, etc. because you're, you've got the information fast. It's in the, it's everything's there that's needed and it allows you to move. It gives you an advantage over other people that are probably faffing around trying to find this stuff. So it's a bit of effort to get it set up in, uh, initially. But once you do, uh, it'll save you time later. So the ones which would need sort of reg more regularly keeping up to date are a bank statement. So every month, you know, when you get a bank statement online or however you get it as a paper copy, you know, scan it in. Um, but make sure that you've always got the latest, because you only want like the latest three months. Similarly with utility bills, it's normally within the last three to six months. So make sure it's current. Um, so, yeah, so that's just a practical tip really on the information that's required. And, you know, now the couple final points just for you to think about. Um, at some point, it's worth you pulling together an investor and partnership pack. 
Um, you know, you might be self-financing at the beginning, which is fine if you are, but you will run out of money at some point. Um, and, you know, you can really scale and grow your property business by using other people's money. And you're providing a great opportunity for investors. You know, if someone has got money in the bank right now, it's going backwards in value. You know, it's a problem for them. So you are able to maybe provide them with an investment opportunity that's going to give them a significantly higher return than if they leave that money in the bank. So don't think of it as asking for money per se, you know, really don't. Um, think of it as providing a great opportunity for someone. So yet again, you know, as I say, having an investor pack, and I've done previous posts on what's included in, in an investor pack, um, but, you know, typically you would have a bit of background on yourselves, either you or if you're in, in business with someone else. And, and that can be quite personal as well. You know, it's not just the sort of the faceless information. You can bring that to life with your personality. You have a bit of information on the company and what your strategy is, where you invest and why it's a good area to invest. Um, the way that you can work with with people. I call our pack actually an investor and partnership pack because the way I do business is very collaborative and it is genuinely creating partnerships with people. Even if that's not you know a legal joint venture, it's still a partnership in my mind. So that's how I call my pack. I don't just call it an investor pack, which can be a bit a bit kind of rigid and hard. Um, so so yeah, what's the how can they work with you? You know, is it through um, hands off investment? where they'll lend you money and you give them a return? Is it through deal packaging? Is it through joint venturing, etc.? So you can lay out those options. If you've done deals already and you've got projects that are already done, you include that as well, some case studies, um, how they can contact you. Uh, testimonials are great as well. So that's broadly what, what I would include in the investor pack. Make it look nice. You know, if you've got a logo, include that. Um, and and yeah, so, so if again, if you have that ready and available and you have a conversation and it's sort of going well and it always takes quite a while these things but you never know uh, sometimes it can go faster than that if you're if you can say oh you know I can I can ping you over my investor pack if that's of interest investor and partnership pack if that's of interest to you it looks it makes you look um, really professional and you, you know you're fast your speed speed is of the essence so again I would set that up and then the final point you know once you've got going you know you might actually find that to get more leads um, you decide to do a direct event Vendor campaign. So, you know, we've got one of our direct vendor campaigns kicking off uh, next week, actually. So that'll be 10,000 leaflets going out um, each month. So, yeah, you know, think about that. But it's, as I say, it's a step further down the line. So I've tried to give you almost a, a step by step guide of all the things that you need to think about. Uh, some of them will be more or less relevant for you, depending on where you are in your journey. But I really hope that um, it's been useful. I hope that you've gained um, some ideas from this. And um, yeah, you know, if I can help you in any way, please do reach out. And I really appreciate the engagement. If this has been useful, please do share it. Um, you know, my intention is to help as many people as possible. I, I fully believe that property is a great thing to be in. It can create financial wealth freedom, flexibility, you know, you can you can do it to a, a whatever level is right for you in terms of scale. And, you know, it can really create some great choices for you in life. So I'm passionate about it. Uh, we're living and breathing this stuff ourselves. And yeah, I hope it's helpful. I hope this has been useful. As I say, please share. You can follow me here um, on Facebook. You can get me on LinkedIn. 
Instagram. I'm also on Clubhouse. So every Wednesday going forward, myself and Laura Muse um, will be doing a women in property group, but men are welcome to that as well. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me there as well. And don't forget to check out my podcast, Brave Bold Brilliant, and my website, JeanetteLinfootAssociates.com. So as I say, hope it's helpful. Please share with your friends so that they can also benefit from uh, this content. And I appreciate you taking the time. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And uh, Jeanette checking out. Take care. Bye now.